Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone. It's Beth from Texas. And if you can hear my voice, it must be Tuesday. It must be about 7 o'clock here in Texas. And this must be the Chelsea in America podcast. JT may join us later. Not the real JT. The kitten JT. Um, because he is all over my computer right now and trying to decide if he's going to partake in the podcast or not. So, who knows. Um, before we get started, I want to thank our sponsors. First and foremost, we want to thank... Who do we want to thank first? Um, let's thank CFC UK. Yeah, let's, let's thank them. CFC UK, um, the best fanzine in the world, available to you, delivered to your door for just $2. $2. I mean, it's a pound at the bridge, and with the current exchange rate, that means it's about a dollar fifty-nine. Um, at least that was the current exchange rate that I got. A dollar fifty-nine if you go and pick it up at Stanford Bridge, or two dollars delivered to your door. You couldn't get a better deal, and it's a it is the best read. If you really want to call yourself a Chelsea supporter, you should be re- reading the fanzine. We also want to thank Campo Retro, Campo Retro, those lovely people over there that provide us with. Um, retro shirts from our favorite and most beloved team. So check them out at retro, CampoRetro.com. We want to thank the English Pork Pie Company. It's warming up. It may not be pie season, but you know what? Some people tell me every day is pie season. Absolutely delicious. I know they've been running some contests for umbrellas and things like that, weird things like that. So go take a look. Your coupon's still good, by the way, so be, be, be sure to use it if you're a Chelsea and America member. We also want to thank custom-made names for custom-made framing. We want to thank 8x8 Magazine, because that is the coolest thing. And I'm so far behind on everything, I need to contact them. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, we want to thank One World Sports, because this should be the month. This should be the month that our ad is running. So if you've got cable, you should be checking, or Dish TV, you should be checking out One World Sports and see if you can't see that awesome commercial that they made for Chelsea in America. We also want to thank the Chelsea Supporters Trust. God bless them for everything that they do. And we want to thank the CPO as well, the Chelsea Pitch Owners, Chelsea Pitch Owners, because they are the ones that are saving our Stamford Bridge, not just for me, but for the people that come after me. Imagine in 100 years, we'll still be at Stamford Bridge. That's why you should join the CPO. So, um, did, I re- did I remember everybody? I think so. I was trying to keep tabs. I think you got it all. So, and just so you guys know, I am, this is the first time I'm recording from my studio because I am working on something that I can't tell you about. So, um. Oh, you're going to leave us hanging like that? I am going to leave you hanging Uh, like that. But you know what? If you go to the summer tour, I'll bet you you'll, you'll find out what I'm doing right now. So, yes, we're already getting ready for the summer tour, but we'll talk about that a little later. So, Dan, take it away. Oh, and, and by the way, I'm TX underscore blue. 
on Twitter, at TX underscore Blue on Twitter. And I have been on Facebook. I want to talk about that today, too. There's this really cool, um, you know, you guys know how much I hate Facebook. But I have, we have the coolest thread on our Facebook page today. And it is just rocking my world. So um, you might want to, we'll talk about that a little later. So there you go, Dan. Yeah, everybody, it's uh, Dan from the Phoenix Blues. You can find me on Twitter at DLundberg underscore. And yeah, I'm just sitting here on a Tuesday night in a nice Chelsea Christmas Christmas themed t-shirt. So, uh, <laughs> you know, just feeling feeling the spirit right now. So, so it's nearly Mother's Day and you're going to decide to celebrate Christmas. Yep, it sounds... That's how we do it, I guess, you know. That's how you're rolling. Huh? Yeah. Just nice something nice and comfy and it happened to be the uh Christmas one on top, so that's what I got to wear. Well, before we start talking about a lot of about the games and everything, Dan and I were having a conversation before we started the the, the podcast and I think we should talk a little bit more about that. Um, to get you guys caught up to where we were, we were talking about how difficult it has been this season to get tickets. Um, I, you know, I've been getting tickets for Chelsea in America for 10 years and I have never seen it this bad, ever seen it this bad. Um, it is just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous is what it is. Basically, it has been so difficult to get tickets. And, um, so that's a reminder because true blue opened up two days ago. So, or last week, I think it was last week I was in Denver, um, opened up. So I'm going to tell you straightforward to the point, no bones about it. If you think that you might be going to Stamford Bridge next year, do yourself a favor, go on over to ChelseaFC.com and sign up and get your True Blue membership now. There are so many people this, this year that... You know that I mean, literally. I don't know if I've talked about this on on the podcast or not, but literally every single week, at least once, someone will contact me, going, um, be it a member, saying, "Hey Beth, I didn't get True Blue. Can you help me find a ticket?" Or a non-member saying, "Hey, I just found you guys. I need ten tickets to go and see Man U." Um, I mean, every single week this year, and I can't, I can't do it. We are the only people we can get tickets for is our members, CIA members, that are also True Blue. And you can only get one ticket per member so, membership. So, for instance, Dan was talking about him and his girl going over later next year. And I reminded him that he not only needs to get her True Blue, he needs to get her signed up on CIA. That's what will allow you access to the supporters club allocation of tickets for tickets to go to Stamford Bridge. And there you have it. And we were talking about, I mean, you know, I, I was about to tell Dan this when I kind of, we were talking about how, you know, even three years ago, it wasn't difficult to find spares. It just wasn't hard. Last year was hard. This year it's been bloody impossible to find spares. I mean, you know, it's bad at Stamford Bridge if people there are asking me if I've got a spare or I know of a spare. So it's been very, very difficult. Um, 
So we, and not only that, another thing to talk about is the way that it works is that we are graded as a club. Um, so for instance, we had Chelsea America is, is, um, is divided up into six region, regional official supporters clubs. Those six clubs have to qualify at certain levels in order to get tickets. If, if you are a regional club and you have 50 members, then basically you have a really good chance of getting any ticket that you want. Well, except for away tickets. I mean, I've never, last year we had two away games that ran out of tickets. This year, this year, We've had 10. So um, it's just it's just crazy. But um, And the way that you qualify to be a platinum club is how many True Blue members you have. So, you know, if you've gone over to the bridge this year that and, and got the tickets that you wanted, that's because your friends, your fellow CIA members also got their True Blue and allowed them to get you to, you know, they helped you get the ticket that you want. So don't forget that when it comes. I know it's 25 pounds. Hey, pounds cheap against the dollar right now. There's never been a cheaper time to get it. But along with that, we were talking about ticket touting. And Dan, do you want to talk about what... And then I'll tell you a story. Okay, so basically just what I, what I was telling Beth a little bit was just how in about a year and a half to two year period from between 2012 beginning of 2012 and the end of 2013 just from my own personal experience I saw a huge huge increase in the amount of touts and you know I um, spoke to people from London and they were you know concerned about picking up tickets from people because they didn't know if they were going to be fake or if it was fraud or if somebody was trying to scam them and it's just a huge huge problem and you know, we don't want people to go over there thinking, oh, I'll just plan a last-minute trip to London and then, you know, find somebody outside the stadium selling a ticket like you might here in, in the United States or something because it just doesn't work like that. And I kind of think of my, my True Blue membership as kind of like, almost like my Chelsea insurance <laughs> in a way. You know, I pay, what is it, 50 pounds or something a year. I don't remember. I don't even know what it is. But 25. <clears throat> 45 pounds, so, you know, about... 65 70 dollars and you know i'm guaranteeing my not guaranteeing but i'm guaranteeing that if i get a ticket it's an actual ticket and i will be allowed into the bridge and i will be able to enjoy my experience and i think if people think of it that way it's kind of a little bit more you know a lot of people think oh man that's a lot of money to spend but you know if you're going to be paying a flight to go over to london you might as well spend an extra 60 bucks to know you're going to get a ticket and, you know, be able to get into the stadium and not feel like you've wasted, you know, 800 bucks and hotel and food just to go over there. And then you realize you can't even, you can't even get into the stadium and you're standing there 10 feet away from, from the turnstiles. So that's just kind of how I think of my, my true boom memberships, even though this year I didn't go over, I still, you know, purchased mine because I just never know if I'm going to decide to go. And I think it's worth every penny. You know, and it's not really that much because it's twenty five pounds, twenty five pounds at a dollar sixty, you know, a dollar sixty to the pound, comes out to be less than fifty dollars. So, you know, I agree with Dan. I mean, I do go over every year, um, sometimes more than once. Um, 
you know, but I don't have anybody that tells me that I can't go over. Um, and, you know, I might as well spend it now while I'm alive because God only knows, you know, who's going to eat. The kittens don't eat. Kittens, do you need my money when I'm dead? <laughs> but, um, you know, so I noticed this week, or maybe it was last week, maybe it was this week, that Chelsea taught, Chelsea actually had an article on the website about ticket touts. And the list of websites that they put on there that they knew actually had forged tickets, forged tickets, was, I mean, I don't know. Dan, did you see that article? Because it was literally probably about 40 or 50 different website names. Did oh, you see I'm, that? I didn't see it, but I mean, I just can imagine that there's people out there who just they just create web new websites every week. They make one, it gets found yep. out, it gets taken down, they make another one. You know? Yep. And they just and keep one doing it. The big it. ones that was on there was Craigslist. That's not the good. I mean you can put anything you want on Craigslist. <laughs> well I guess people are, so um but you know and so you know what you need to know is that it's not First and foremost, what you need to know is that ticket touting, i.e. selling tickets for profit, is illegal in the UK. It's against the law, okay? It is subject to fines and arrests, both for the person selling and the person buying. Number two, because of what Chelsea has done in recent years about... Um, uh, finding touts that have season tickets and confiscating their season ticket and not allowing them to get one again. Different things that, the, that you know, Chelsea have done to stop ticket touting. Because I think our problem is the worst in the EPL because we have a small stadium and we're the best. <coughs> they found a lot of these touting rings. So now what they're doing is they're forging tickets and selling them. Now, when I was over in November, I was told not only by Chelsea, but also by um, the CST, that there were a number of really major tout touting going on. People that had paid upwards of 500 pounds for a 50-pound 50 ticket that were told, the ticket is in your name, go to the box office. And they go to show up at the box office, they give them their name, and guess what? There's no ticket for them. Can you imagine? Can you imagine thinking you have a ticket? Oh, it must be safe. They told me to go to Stamford Bridge to pick it up, right? Yeah. Giving the guys their money, right? Giving these people money. And then getting to Stamford Bridge to be told, oh, no, you don't have a ticket. I mean, we that, don't do it that way. No. And I'm not sure because even though I've been, I've never actually gone through CIA to get my tickets. Does it work just like the Chelsea website ticket exchange where they'll actually send your tickets to you in the mail before you before you go? No, not our tickets. Not we your tickets? Okay. we don't is I don't trust the U.S. Post Office. Um, we had we had some people go over for Tottenham away. The club mailed their tickets. They've yet to arrive. Wow! So, so you actually go to Stamford Bridge and pick up your ticket, okay. but you get a confirmation. So the way it works is we open up the ticket window for True Blue members seventy five days prior to a match, a home match, sixty days 
ahead of an away match and as fast as we can on any cup, cup ties. Okay. Um, and then um, 45 days on a home match, 30 days on an away match within a couple of hours, sometimes on draws. We send in all of the requests for our members. Then about a week, sometimes two weeks later, we get an email confirmation from the club. It is from the club, and it tells you how much you paid in pounds, which we have to change over to dollars. Um, so what happens is you pay Chelsea in America, and then the club requires only one credit card. So we use our credit card, and then we calculate out uh, what the exchange rate at that time was, any fees, et cetera, et cetera, between Chelsea fees and credit card fees and all of that other kind of crap. And then we, we, we always over, we try to always overestimate the price of tickets. And then we, um, we send you a refund. Oh, that's nice. Yep. So it's not a profitable thing. We try and estimate it as close as we can. Unfortunately, Chelsea doesn't give us the price for away tickets. We have to estimate those. And sometimes we're, right on and sometimes we're low and sometimes we're high um, but anyway so we do the best that we can and then what happens is when we get the confirmations then as soon as we get the confirmations then I email the people that requested tickets I forward the confirmation email to them and say hey here's your confirmation that says you've got your ticket here's where you're sitting Here's how you pick up your ticket. You go to Stamford Bridge. You go to the box office. You go to the window marked disabled. You give them the name, uh, your name. You give them the match that you want your ticket for and your regional chapter. So Desert Texas for Dan and I. And they give you your ticket. Well, isn't that nice? And isn't that easy? So I'm going to tell, I, I promise. So that's how it works. Um, but before then... You do have to register for CIA. You do have to get a true blue number. You do have to tell us what that true blue number is because it is um, – Chelsea can't tell us because it is then a violation of your privacy because that number is unique to you. So you have to give it to us. Chelsea will not give it to us. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm going to tell you a story. So there was this guy who – called me up or emailed me and said, listen, I want, I need to get 10 tickets for, uh, I think it was Man City at Home or something like that. A big, pretty big match. And I said, dude, I said, you know what, darling, I'm really sorry, but we are only allowed to access tickets um, to our members that are true blue. And the guy got really kind of angry at me. And I said, it's, it's not my rules, hon. He says, well, you probably got 10 people that aren't going over. You could just, and I said, yeah, but unfortunately, they're not going to fly over. Those 10 people are not going to fly over and pick up the tickets just to give to you. And I said, because we have our tickets held at the box office and people have to go and pick them up with ID. He was like, that's ridiculous, you know, and he was just really angry. He was just an angry person. And so I said, you know, your only other options is if you are True Blue, you can go on the free ticket exchange and you could try and get a ticket that way. Or you can try with Thomas Cook. And I said, or, you know, you, you know, you, you, you could have just become a member of Chelsea in America for $10, for $10 and you could have gotten your, your True Blue membership for 25 pounds and then you would have gotten the tickets. He says, well, for every person, and it's like, yeah, he says, I'm not spending that kind of money. 
It's like, okay, your choice. So, you know, so about a week later, he called me back. He says, yeah, I'm just, I'm just emailing back to see if you changed your mind. And it's like, dude, no, I haven't changed my mind. And to be quite honest with you, um, I don't have, um, I don't have a quota of tickets that I need to sell for each match. We don't have that problem. You know, no, we don't have any spares. No, I can't help you. Once again, you can go to the free ticket exchange if you're true blue, or you can go to hospitality, or, you know, consider signing up for CIA, blah, 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 blah. And I was pretty nice, even though the guy was really making me mad. Um, and this and that. So about three weeks later, the guy calls me or emails me back, and he says, he says, see, I told you I didn't have to do it. I found a place online that I can get tickets. And it's like, you know what? Because I had already reminded him, I said, please, you know, remember that ticket touting is illegal in the UK. You are subject as a buyer and a seller, both to being fined and jail time. Please be also warned that there's a lot of uh, forgeries out there this season. Oh, don't be ridiculous. You're just saying that, blah, 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 blah. I mean, he was really arrogant, you know, to say the least. And and I said, okay, well, I, you know, I'm just I'm just trying to be nice, you know. So, you know, the guy says, oh, I came back and he says, oh, I got my tickets. I told you I could. And I said, okay, well, good. I'm glad. I, I, I hope they're, I hope they're real. Well, about two weeks after the game, I get this email one night, one day. You fucking bitch. <laughs> this guy was so angry at me. He even wrote the club and complained about the fact that I would not give him tickets. Wow. He spent $350 each for 10 tickets. Okay? Which was obviously a lot less than buy, paying $10, mm -hmm. right? Buying a 25-pound membership and, oh yeah, by the way, then paying $100 for a ticket. Much cheaper. Somehow, I don't get that math, but anyways, he was trying to explain how it was cheaper. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm not making this up. Oh my gosh. So, you know, he was so angry that I didn't warn him about forgeries. And I said, excuse me, but here are five emails. Um... Because, unfortunately, I don't clean out my send email folder very often. And I said, here are five emails. And every single one of those, I warned you about ticket touts. And I said, it's not my fault. He says, well, if you would have just gotten me tickets, I wouldn't have gone looking. And I said, dude, I told you, uh, my hands are tied. Anyways, he was really rude. Really, really rude. Sure enough, I got a call from the club like a, two days later telling me why, asking me why I was so rude to this guy and didn't help, didn't help a member get tickets. And I said, actually, he's not a member. Go look at our roster, you know, and, you know, and that I had suggested that he go and look for a tout. And I said, well, here are the emails that I sent him. And actually, you can see that, um, I, I warned him away from touts, and actually, I also told him to go to the free ticket exchange if he was true blue, or go to hospitality. But he made his own choice. Yeah. Wow. But can you believe the audacity of that person? It's ridiculous. 
what he should have done is paid for your flight to come over to pick up the ticket. <laughs> and he still would have ended up paying less. Well, not quite, because <laughs> I can't pick up 10 tickets. True, I can only true. pick up one for me. But, wow, I mean, but... seriously. You know, no, and, and, I mean, I, and, and other stories that are just as heinous. No, and I mean, that's kind of the whole point is that, you know, you know, you get that the membership is, is not that much. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think it really matters too much how much you make or whatever. I mean, if you want to go see a game. If you've got enough money to get an airplane flight, you've got enough money to get Yes, exactly. That, that's my point. You know, you know, if you can't pay that extra 50 bucks when you want to pay to get a flight and pay for a hotel in London, you've got the money to, to spend an extra 60 bucks a year to you know, be safe and make sure you're not, you know, last thing you want to do is go to London and then have a horrible experience. And, you know, you know, that's just not how you want it to go. You want it to go smoothly. And there's only one way to do that. Right. And, and I you mean, know, it, it, it's painful sometimes. I mean, a member comes to me and says, Beth, I didn't get true blue. I just found out my boss is sending me London. It's like, honey, I can't get you a ticket. I can't get you a ticket. Where am I supposed to get a ticket for you? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the whole thing. Everybody's got to remember. I just don't, I can't call the club and say, oh, by the way, we need 20 tickets. You know, they, it's only for members. It's only for True Blues. Um, you know, it, that that's the way it is. And there aren't, it isn't like, I mean, you guys here, Chelsea has the best attendance rate percentage in the league. Why? We only hold 42,000. Do the math. You know, 42,000 tickets. Subtract out 25,000 season ticket holders. Subtract out 3,000 away fans. Subtract out 3,000 for corporates. Probably more, closer to five by the time you do hospitality and everything else like that. There ain't that many tickets left. And, you know, that's what I was just going to point out is that, you know, the ticket, the amount of tickets are just not available because, like you said, we only hold 42,000. And, for most of us here, you know, most people, if they've been to a, a college football game, you're going to go to a stadium that holds more than that, you know, it's, you know, but it's in such a smaller that, space. That, that team's not, not got international notoriety. Exactly. And it's, it's such a, there's very, very small supply for an extremely high demand. Exactly. So... You know, I feel for people. If I could, I would. But, and this year, you know, when I've tried to help people that, you know, because if you're a member, I will try and help you. But this year, there just weren't any spares around. Usually I can find spares. There was just, they're just in short supply. They're in short supply. So, Heads up. <laughs> Should we uh, move on to Saturday's match? Uh, yeah, we can move on to Saturday's match. So how, how was the pub in Phoenix? It was it was pretty good. We had about, uh, I'd say, 25 people there or so, which good. is, you know, above average for us. And, you know, we've been growing. I mean, last year, around this time, we were averaging about 15, so... And the best part is there's just new faces every single week. So more and more people are finding out about it. So that that was definitely good. 
And we had a couple uh, people with a red shirt come and sneak in about 15 minutes late. And then they just kind of sat in the back and didn't make a noise. Hey. <laughs> so, but uh, no, it was good. So we had good time, you know. It was It's a great time for us because, I mean, I know you kind of have it too, Beth, with the time difference. But, you know, most of our matches are seven or eight in the morning. So it's nice when yeah. we have those, those 930s because... You can get some more people. Everybody's already awake. You know, you're not spending the first 30 minutes trying to wake up drinking coffee and and everything like that. So, Yeah, well, luckily for me, it was an 11.30 kickoff because I didn't get off my plane from Denver and home until after 1.30. Oh, wow. So I wouldn't have even made it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but... You know, we had actually probably close to 40, I'm, I'm, I'm guesstimating, you know, by just thinking back on it and on the day, and two Manks. And unfortunately, they were two Manks that I think they thought they were watching basketball, okay, because they sure as hell didn't know anything about football. Um you know, it's right at the end where um, Gary went in, Gary Cahill made that tackle and they gave a yellow card to the uh, Man U player. Yeah, for Herrera. Yeah, Herrera. Oh, my God. You'd have thought that they had just had their underwear taken from them. <laughs> they were, like, screaming, that's such a foul. And I said, and we were all, like, laughing. And it's like, do you even know what a foul looks like? That should be a penalty. It's like, yeah, for us. Yeah. No, the the second I saw that, I mean, I will admit, I held my breath because the ref blew the whistle right away. I'm like, oh god, this again. End of the match, Manchester United. Oh, I know. I you did know. The same thing. And then, but then once they showed the replay, I mean, he he's falling, and then he tries to stick his foot out right into to Kale, and I mean, Gary got up and he was like livid. He's like, you know, because he thought he was probably thinking the same thing we were all thinking. Oh, great, the whistle just blew. They're gonna call a penalty when he just dove, you know. Yeah. Ugh. You want to know what my favorite part of, of Saturday was? I know what my favorite part was, but go ahead. Well, I mean, besides the goal. No, that wasn't even my favorite part, but oh, go ahead. my favorite part. JT gets in a tumble with Falcao. Yes, that was my favorite part, too. <laughs> and he is ready to bite that bastard's head off. And who sticks his nose in to stop him? Go for it. Do you remember who it was? Was it? Oh, man. Who did? It was Dave. Yeah, it was Dave. It was Dave. I was Dave, you brave boy. But the funniest part of that was when Falcao was doing that. I mean, JT, oh, my God. Did he look like he was going to, like, eat his head? Oh, he gave him a death stare. And he's like, are you effing kidding me? Like, <laughs> He just had this look like he was just gonna, but I won't. Dave, Dave has a really short fuse. Like the littlest things, he'll just kind of jump up, and he gets in people's faces pretty often for such a, you know, crappy player. Yeah, and I don't know if you watched, you know, his interviews on Chelsea TV ever. I mean, if you were talking to the guy somewhere else, you'd be like, this guy would wouldn't even hurt a fly. There's no way this guy plays a professional sport. You know, he's. He's just so calm and you know jokes around, and then, but on the field he he kind of has a little little short fuse. Well, I got to tell you something. I'm so proud of Dave. But I mean, the funniest thing was is that our pub 
sits in a neighborhood. And um, that neighborhood was having their annual neighborhood garage sale, right? Well, when they showed that, the first thing, first thing out of my mouth, and the whole pub was packed. And it was packed with a lot of people that weren't football people. And a yeah. lot of people were bringing their kids into the pub during Chelsea Man U. Ugh. Not to watch the game either. Yeah. Right? And when JT went in on Falcao and he was about ready to pop his head like a zit, I was just like, get in there, JT! Knock his fucking block off! You know, and everything else like that. This family of four stood up and left the bar. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I'm sorry, this is a bar. Yeah. This is a bar. It's not McDonald's. It's a bar. This is where adults go. Yes. We're allowed to say things. And I was so apologetic. I had to go over and tell Adam, Adam, I'm so sorry. And he says, what are they doing bringing kids in during Man U just anyway? Yeah. He says, thank God you said it, Beth, because I can't, you know, because he's a bar manager. But it was pretty funny. I can't, I can't remember if that little incident was before or after the goal. But I do know right in the same area was, you know, it was Terry's tackle that led, that led to our goal. On Falcao. Yep. He came in just from behind, just nicked it right out between his feet. It was after the goal. Okay, yeah. No, it was it was literally almost in the exact same spot on the pitch, and I think Falcao just kind of had a little, uh, you know, in the back of his mind, like, I uh, just kind of gave up that goal in a way, and, you know, then well, here comes know, Terry doing the same thing. South American, Spaniard, whatever, it wasn't his fault that that, that happened. It yeah. had to be somebody else's. Yeah. But uh, I, I, the the build up play to the goal was was excellent. I mean, it was beautiful. And I mean, the uh, I can't even remember who who was refing the game, but you know, he played advantage Mike because Dean. yeah, Mike Dean. That's right. Because Fabregas was taken out as he played it to uh, to I think Oscar right before he gave that nice little back heel, which you know sometimes you know in those situations you never sometimes refs are quick to blow the whistle, but I thought. On the whole, Dean did a pretty good job. Job the whole match, and he let that play continue on. And yeah, and, well, I wouldn't say he did pretty good. I think he missed a lot of things for us. And he's not one of my favorite refs. No, but I mean, compared to how some of the matches have been, yeah, all season. I mean, I wouldn't. At no point was I mean, although he did miss the whole uh, De Gea clear handball incident outside yes. the box. But I mean, back to back to Hazard's and goal. Back pass. True. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, Hazard's goal just the way Hazard does that. I mean, he just waits for De Gea to come out, and the second both his feet are planted on the ground, just slots it right in between his legs. I mean, and and that was no easy task because he picked the ball up about a good twenty-five, thirty yards outside the goal, and had to go yeah. split two defenders. Keep the ball under control while going towards the line, and just—I mean, the way he. I gotta tell you something. He is amazing. Oh. I mean, it, it seems like every single game, at least once, I—I I just go out and go, "How the fuck does he do that?" And you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't think we've had a dribbler of the ball, somebody that can keep the ball like Hazard does since Gianfranco Zola. Oh, definitely not. I mean, I, I think Joe Cole showed some glimpses Promise. of that, 
but he was he was I don't think he was more of I think of him as more of like a great pass or a couple dribbles not like just pick the ball up and just look like there's just no light at the end of the tunnel and just make one turn and just boom he's got 10 yards of space in front of him. I mean, oh, I don't know how he does it. Go you know, through four players. It, it it's unbelievable sometimes. I mean, I know it the, is. The dip when he dips his shoulder, I mean, you yeah. know what's going to come. He he goes on that that wing and he just just kind of stands there just and just makes a move and just leaves defenders just flat-footed. You know, by the time they get their body turned, he's five yards behind them doing the same thing to the next guy. All while controlling the ball right at his feet. And, and I mean, I don't know how much people really pay attention to it, but I think he's equally as strong on his left as he is with his right. I mean, he, I, that, I think it was Stoke City last year, two years ago, he had that left-footed shot from a good 25 yards away. You know, he... He's a player who can use both feet, which, which is you know, it's hard to find. There's a lot of there's a lot of world class players, or damn near close to world class players who can't use both their feet, like former yeah. Chelsea players who currently play at Bayern Munich, <laughs> like Ian Robin. You know, I mean, he was, I mean, he was, yeah. I mean, he's extremely skilled player, but the guy really only has a left foot. Yep. You know, and it's so and easy. He falls to, down a lot. Exactly, and and then you have Hazard, who, you know, I, there was a there was an instant in the, instance in the game. I can't remember very much. I don't know. I I had, might have had a little too few too many Guinnesses, but there was an instance where he. I remember he went in for a tackle, and most players would have just completely gone down. The foul was called, but he was still on his feet. You know, he he just tries to keep playing, and I, I love that. And and I think that. That can frustrate defenders almost just as much as getting beat. It's like, what the heck? I'm found the shit out of this guy, and he's not even going down, he's not or he's going he's down and he get. And, yeah, it's like, you know, if you're gonna hack a guy, you're at least hoping they're gonna lay on the ground for a good minute. Hurt, you know? He gets hacked and he just gets back up. It's like, what can I do to stop this guy? If I foul him, he keeps going. If I foul him and they call a foul, he gets right back up. If I give him a couple yards, he's just gonna blow right by me or make a pass and set up a goal or whatever. You know, it's he's just got so so much potential, and, and it's you know if there's there's one player every week, and you're just like, oh, I can't wait to see what he does. And you know, I think when you know he's had that potential the past couple years, but this year I think he's really shown that just elite level of. Okay. And he tracks back. Yeah, exactly. You know, you see, I think I think towards the yeah toward, towards the end of the second half, he was making some audacious tackles. Oh, exactly. And I think he's he's a player. When it, what it boils down to, he just loves the game. You know, he just has a passion for the game, and and he just loves playing it. And when you when you have a player that has that passion and that skill. It's a deadly, deadly combination, and I can't. I just can't wait to see what the future has in store for him because it's. I just he's going to be a joy to watch. I hope we never lose him. I mean, the guy. I mean, the guy's only twenty-four. I know. Twenty-four. I mean, he's got a good six, six, seven years of top, top play yeah. underneath of him and or ahead of him and. And I, no, I can't I, wait. I, I, I love him to bits. And, 
Um, somebody who's still not warming, I'm still not warming up to, though, is Cesc Fabregas. Sorry, guys. Why not? He just, I don't know. He's just not my player yet. Would you have a different opinion if he never played for Arsenal? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? He's got that mask. The on. mask. Yeah, because he can't beat Zorro because that was somebody else who doesn't play for us anymore. Yeah. <coughs> and somebody said no, the Flash, and I said no, he's not fast enough. Yeah. So. And um, I think one thing I'd also kind of like to point out that I've noticed just over the past year or so, especially with social media and Instagram and Twitter, is that the the squad that we have. They're just all friends, and I think that that can go a long way when it comes to a team and how you play. Because when you're out there and you're playing with your mates and stuff, I mean, yeah, I mean that's huge. I mean, I mean, I see the pictures that that the players post online all the time, and you know, I think it was today, John Terry posted a picture with Fabregas and Juan Cuadrado. You know, I mean, it seems like such an unlikely combination of guys, and then the next day you see, you know. Oscar and Hazard hanging out, and then Courtois, and then they're hanging out with the youth players. And it's not like there's three little cliques within the team. I feel like there's such a, you know, they, they hang out with each other. They have barbecues together. They go places and together. Do you, see the, do you see the first team players with the U21s, with the U19s, with the U18s? Yeah. It's a club. And I think, I think that's something that's huge. And you see what's happening at Man City, and supposedly there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the dressing room and players don't get along and stuff. And and I think it shows on the pitch because when you're out there and you're playing with guys that you're friends with, you know, you're having fun and you yeah. know what they do. And and I think when you're playing with somebody that, that you're friends with, if they make a mistake, you can get you in their face about it. it. You can get in their face and you can get upset, but, you know... It comes from a, a place of love rather than a place of what's your problem? How did you mess that up? It's more, yeah. you know, I know you can do better. You know, let's step it up next time kind of thing. And and I, and think, I that, think and I think that comes from both Jose and from JT. Definitely. Completely. I mean, and I think that that's what it is. You, you have two massive, massive leaders like that in a club. And, and not only... They have so much experience, and they both have so much heart, but they both just, when you really think about it, they're both just super nice guys, you know? And I, f I think some teams, you know, you see their captain changes every year, and, yeah. you know, the guy maybe hardly speaks English, and, you know, it. I mean, it sounds weird, but, you know, I think that that's a huge factor in it. And yeah. when, when those youth players are comfortable around the older players, you know, they... It just grows the whole the whole squad together because then, you know, if one of those players gets a chance, they're not like, oh my god, I'm out here with the first team. You know, what am I gonna do? They know those guys. They know those guys, and they're like, all yeah, oh, right. Did you I see Dominic on the bench. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just I I think that that's something that you know people don't really talk about, but I think it's I think it's a huge huge factor because I just think about my, you know. I don't, I don't want to say career. You know, when I played sports in high school and stuff, 
the best teams I was ever on were teams where we were all just friends, you know, and we just hung out and we had a good time together, both on the field and off. And I think there's such a good core group at the club that are all within a good three, four years of each other in age that if that core unit can stay together, there's there's huge, huge potential. We always have to build it. I mean, we're going to lose a Frank Lampard. We're going to lose an Ashley Cole. And they have to be replaced. And if they get replaced by Eden Hazard, who takes mm-hmm. on that role, that's a good thing. Yeah. You know? That's a good thing. So I want to make, have a couple of other shout-outs for players. My, play, my man of the match was Dave. Um, not just because of his you know, utter ability to be fearless and step in between John Terry and an idiot Falcao. Um, You know, though that was very brave. But, I mean, I just think Dave had a a whale of a game. He just just put people in his pocket and just was just awesome. Um, But I want to give a shout-out to my, you know, our little smiley Kurt Zuma. You know, once again, he just stepped it up and just played wherever he was needed with a big smile on his face. So we just, we just, I just love me some Kurt Zuma. No, and I think he was outstanding, especially considering he had that nice little run in the squad. And then he, you know, he's been been sitting out of it for the last couple matches. And, you know, to be thrown into a big game and, I mean, he's only 20 years old. (laughs) And... Somehow, Fellaini has been, you know, he's been pretty good for United the past couple matches. Yeah, and, and, I mean, he, he just had Fellaini in his pocket. Yeah, I mean, and you can tell at sometimes he just, you know, he you can tell he's not a, a midfielder, but he does a job. And, you know, that's a Mourinho player right there, you know. Yeah. He gets yeah. his chance at center back, and, okay, if you want to get another chance, you got to play in midfield for me today. Okay, boss, I'll go do do my thing and shut down, you know, arguably United's top player the past month. And he did that not just decently, he did an excellent job. And I know that he didn't score, but he was still huge, and that was Didier Drogba. Yes. You know, he's not the same drugs. He's not the same drugs that we all remember and love from his first tenure here. But you know what? He's still a handful. And when you've got to have three players on one guy, that means somebody else is free. Yeah, and, and he's... And drugs was all over the pitch. All over. I, I told a couple guys in the pub, I said, he's going to come out after 60 minutes because the first 20, 30 minutes, he was flying all over the place. I thought it was part of Mourinho's kind of plan was to just say, Drogba, go after it for 60 minutes as hard as you can, but... He went as hard as he could for the full 90. And for somebody that's, that's 37, I mean, there were times where he would he would literally be all the way up trying to take a ball down. And then he'd sprint back and he'd be sitting back there right next to Zuma or something. And then he'd clear the ball. I mean, he was he was working his butt off. He's and there. He's there. He's every fucking word. Drop I mean, it... I mean, you can't ask for much more out of a 37-year-old striker. I mean, I don't know yeah. what else. I don't know what else he'd want. I mean, yes, a goal, but you know, I think I think he people came have. Close. He did come close. He came extremely close. That was amazing. Oh. And you know, he showed his experience even on that play. You know, he took the space and 
he doesn't have the pace he had before, but you know, he used his body and he was able to create create a shot. And you know, I, I think I think a lot of people who criticize Drogba either one are not like, Chelsea. Not Chelsea. Either they're new to Chelsea and they never really watched Drogba play before, or they just are living in the past and just have these high expectations that it that they expect him to do what he did in 2007 and 2008. You know, and I mean, yes, he scored a great penalty for us in Munich, obviously, but you know, the year or two before that, he really wasn't. You know, he wasn't the same drug, but he was then, and you know, you can't expect him to come back when he's 37 and just be knocking in goals left and right and taking the ball down on his chest and turning and smashing in a volley from 20 yards away. I mean, that's just not going to happen anymore, you know, and he comes in, he does a job and, you know, I mean, you can't ask for anything else than that. And I think, I think it's really helpful. He was a handful for Skirtle. Oh, exactly. And, and then, you know, you have Smalling, Smalling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's what you need. And and I think with our team, we do have a lot of young players. And before in the past, we've had, you know, Czech and then Terry and then Cole and then Lampard. We'd have four really experienced players. And right now, we, you know, our squad is fairly young. And we have Terry. And I think having another vocal leader like Drogba out there is, is yeah. huge, especially in a match like, like Manchester United. And... You know, he, he contributes in ways that, you know, you don't see in stats, you know. you know, right. the, and, and And that's something that, you know, people think, oh, well, he had, he didn't score and he didn't do this and whatever. Well, no, that's not what his job was. I mean, Mourinho's not putting him in there saying, Drogba, you got to score for me to, to be playing. He's telling him you got to, you know, bring, bring the ball it. down, bring other people into play. Bust your butt on set pieces and hustle around. And that's your job. If you do that, you know, you did your job. And that's what he does. And I I, I saw player, a couple... Which, you know, that's not necessarily a striker's best gift is being a team player. No. You know, strikers are generally all about me, me, me. And Drogs just is such a team player and... I mean, though, who was the first person to add in when he scored? Drogba. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was awesome. No, and and I think that's you know, those kind of things go unnoticed. And I saw some. I always kind of check out different websites on you know player ratings and stuff. And some sites gave him a five. I saw one that gave him a four. It's like, were you watching the same game? Because I thought he was really good. You know. Yeah. Because he's doing what he's. He's not doing anything that I'm not expecting him to do. And if if you set your expectations too high, you know, right. it's kind of an understanding the squad and, and what his role is in this squad. Because in this squad, his goal really isn't to to be scoring goals. It's to contribute in, in those other ways. And, and he does that. Whether he's yep. playing or whether he's sitting on the bench or he's sitting two rows behind the bench, you know, <laughs> he's still, it's still Drogba and he's, he's got that leadership quality that, then I think honestly that the team needs because, like I said, we do have a fairly young squad and new players in the team, and maybe some aren't as vocal. And he's he's not afraid to to say something. He's really become a cheerleader and a mentor. I mean, I'm you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe some of the way that Hazard plays close in the box, 
you know, drugs is more drug drugba like. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's yeah. not Hazard's not afraid to get stuck in. No, not at all. And that is one thing with drugs. He's so big. He's just not afraid to get get stuck in. He's no. just not. I mean, he he goes up. He was going up for every ball, just flying well, in a for lot it. Of times getting him, and if not, just creating panic. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, I drug was my all time favorite favorite Chelsea player, and most of it was just based on the fact that I knew if I played, I would want to play his style because he's one of those players that even if he has a bad game, when you go home that night, you're gonna know that you played against Drogba. You know, you're gonna feel it, and I love that he just kind of has that. You know that mentality of he goes he he always plays all out and he he goes hard and you know. Well, I will say he didn't the first year and a half. No, no, but you know that was kind of more of an adapting to the Premier League kind of thing. So you know he fell over a lot and yeah, you know all of that kind of stuff. <clears throat> but maybe JT had to talk to him. Who knows? Yeah. All I know is I love I love to be eight and. Not just for what he gave us, but for what he still gives, because he's all heart, and and he's and he's an amazing human being. I mean, you know, he had his big fundraiser the night that that night. Yeah. You know, with other players on the team coming out for it too. You know, then yeah, and giving money. Yeah. You know, I think they. I saw he posted today on Instagram that they raised over four hundred thousand pounds for some clinic. I think back in Ivory Coast. Yeah. So, yeah. but he is an amazing human being. That's all I have to say. Anybody wants to, you know? Yeah, you can't deny that. Oh, there. Believe me, there are a lot of people who can deny that. <laughs> Talk to Kim one day about a friend of hers at work that oh, absolutely God. hates him. And it's just like he's such a humanitarian. My God, yeah. he stopped a war. You know exactly. <laughs> Ryan, all Ryan Giggs can do is sleep with his brother's wife. So. Yeah. And it's, I was reading through Twitter, and evidently there's a rumor that um, Vincent Company's been sleeping around with play, with um, some of his teammates' wives and wouldn't, girlfriends. Wouldn't surprise me, because I've heard that there's a lot going on at Man City right now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, so, <laughs> who knows, but I mean, I wouldn't, I don't know. Although not an ex-girlfriend. Not an ex-girlfriend. A current girlfriend. <laughs> and more than one. Wow. Maybe that's why he's been injured so much this year. Yeah. They've got him working hard. I don't know if you saw the stat about... <clears throat> I don't know. I'm not too big on stats that much, but um, the one was that we had... This was the 102nd clean sheet in 190 matches with... Jose Mourinho, that's which awesome. is, that's that's unreal. <laughs> I mean, that's, I don't know what the <clears throat> percentage is on that. I mean, it's obviously above 50%. It's probably around 60% of the matches have been not just a win, but a clean sheet. Yeah, but, you know, all you have to do is compare that to anybody else. Yeah. So... No, I was, I was, because I, you know, it's like this Sunday. I'm nervous as shit. Yeah. You know, and I have no reason to be nervous. You know, it's not like if we lose, we're gonna not be top of the league. You know, but it's just, 
You know, it's against United. It's against Arsenal. I just was glad Arsenal had to play an extra 30. I know. I was. I like that as well. And did you see the goal that they scored to win it? No, they just scored it before we turned it on. Oh my gosh! Uh, the, I, go ahead. Well, the the Reading keeper it just went right through his oh, hands. Oh, is that the goal? Yeah, I did see oh. it right underneath his butt. Yeah, I mean, the, I saw a video. The guy was just like unconsolable at the end of the game. You know, he just felt like it was all his fault. <laughs> The, the keeper, but oh man! But hey, now it's up to Aston Villa to. Uh, I don't want Arsenal to be back to back FA Cup champs. That would just, God. Suck. Yes, <laughs> but then we can just stick it to him in the Community Shield, even though it really doesn't mean shit. <laughs> exactly. But uh, I don't know. Did you watch Villa? Did you watch Villa Liverpool? I watched a good seventy last like seventy minutes of it or so. Jesus, what a game! Yeah, I mean Villa, Villa controlled that whole game. I mean they look they looked really good. And they looked amazing. I think I think they have a good shot at knocking Arsenal off because now that Villa's kind of squeaked themselves not out of the relegation zone, but they kind of gave themselves at least a little bit of a cushion. I think they yep. can, you know. Win a couple games, and I mean, obviously, the the FA Cup final isn't until after after the and, season. And we all know that if Arsenal win, that means Tottenham gets get. That's the only way Tottenham have right now to get a European spot. Yeah. So come on, you villains. Yeah, and I, I I mean I think I think what you could see happen is, you know, if we beat Arsenal and then the title, I mean, they'd have no chance of winning the title. Well, not technically, but. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. But I think you could see Arsenal kind of finish out the year on maybe a flat note. Like, okay, what do we? We don't really have anything to play for. We've got second place, third place wrapped up. You know, and there could be Aston Villa. You know, fighting some relegation games, and they're on really good form going into that that FA Cup final. Well, uh, you know, on the day I'll be supporting Villa. And oh. I don't even like Villa, but. Um, I'm kind of pissed off at them after what happened when Frankie scored, you know, the double. Yeah. Um, you know, and some of their other antics. So can we talk about our amazing youth players? Yeah. So yeah, I guess since we've been here, they won the, uh, the U19 Champions League. Yeah, they well, they won that last week. Yep. And... Congratulations to our, you know, trophy-winning UEFA Youth League, or whatever it is. Good job, guys. So proud of Beanie and Boys. And then our under-18s kind of walloped Man City yesterday at, at home. Yeah, they at Man City. City. Yeah, it was 3-1. to one. Yeah. Solanka with a brace. And then to top it off, we had... Patrick Bamford win the Championship Player of the Year award. Yeah. Not even Youth Player of the Year. He won the Player of the Year because I was watching that. I wasn't watching. I was watching Twitter at the time. And when they gave it to somebody else, they went, what the hell? You know, look at what Bamford's done. And he goes and wins Player of the Year. Yeah. So good on you, Patrick. Bamfordinho. So, and I felt for Nathan, Nathaniel Chalova. 
because he got kind of knocked out of the FA Cup. So. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Nathaniel, you darling. And I guess Nathan Ake couldn't couldn't play because he had already played played for us in the FA Cup. Yes. I was. I, I didn't remember if he had played for us in the FA Cup or not. But I was like, I'm pretty yes. sure he can't because he wasn't even in the in the 18 in the starting 18. So I figured he. Yeah, he's cup-tied. Yeah. That would have been cool to see, you know, two of them playing, but either way. I think it would have maybe been a different result. Oh, I think it could have been. But no, I think it's great to see the the youth players coming along. And, I don't know, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts this week, and there was some talk about, you know, the whole Chelsea youth thing, and, and some people were kind of spot on about it, and, you know, as much as we want to see those youth players come in, it is a huge step to come from playing U19 against, you know, Aldershot yeah, exactly. Town or, you know, Knotts County Youth or whatever other youth teams they play against to stepping up to playing in the Premier League. Champions League. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I think we, we do need to see a little bit more of a, a youth injection kind of brought into the first team. I think that, like I said before, about how they have that whole camaraderie and you know the players yeah, all yeah, together. Yeah. I think even if they're not playing necessarily in the games, they train with them and they train with them all the time. And they don't I think once a week, once or twice, once a week. twice a week. But I mean, you know, that's. I mean, how often does the team? I feel like the team does get a lot of days off too. But I mean, they. I, mean, I think they'll get their chance, and that it's a huge step. And I think you see that's why what Chelsea does with their their whole loan program which a lot of people don't agree with but you know we loan players out to championship sides and you know we kind of work their way up the levels to see if they they can prove themselves and just because you prove yourself at the u19 level does not mean you can come into you know the first team and and because you play for everton doesn't mean that you're good enough to play for chelsea i mean chelsea is one of the top clubs in Europe. Yeah. It's not it's not that easy. But I will say this, and I learned this a long time ago yeah. from Dermot Drummond. You guys know that I was really good friends with Dermot. I love him. To oh, miss. really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. And Dermot said, Beth, the fact of the matter is most of these boys will never make it. Our job, meaning his job, yeah. our job is to make sure that they have a career. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like look at um, um, McEachern. Well, not even Josh, but I mean, look at look at um, Scott Sinclair. Yeah. You know, he's had a career. Look at um, Corky, Jack Cork. Yeah. You know, um, when you know, the, one of the the first year we won the youth the youth um, the FA Youth Cup. Mm-hmm. Or he was a great player. He's not. He's not a great player for Chelsea, but he's a good kid, you know. And and I mean, he was captain of Southampton or Stoke or one of those teams and everything else like that. He's had a career, you know. I even look at Carl Magne. You know, Carl's very special to me. Um, Carl Magne won um, the fir- the second football icon, and. Uh, You know, when I met him, he said, "You know," he said, "Beth," which was actually I met him when the when the boys came over 
to Dallas is when I really got to know Carl. And he said, he said, you know what? If they don't pick up my contract next year, he said, oh, my God, what a year I've had. He says, I've gotten to play football, you know, every day, train, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I've gotten a free trip to America, you know, and this and that and the other thing. And, you know, and he says, and it's a hell of a lot better than bagging groceries at Sainsbury's. Yeah. I mean, you know, he will always count himself blessed, no. you know, because he's he's had an opportunity, he's had a chance, Yeah. you know, and that's, that's so cool. That's just so cool. It's rockin' cool, you know, that someone like that can just be so level-headed in some ways, so realistic in some ways, and... And go, you know what? I don't have a chance in hell. I did this as a joke. You know, he signed up for Football Icon as a joke. And ends up with a career. I'm sorry. You know, and like he said, Chelsea gave me that opportunity. Yeah. And I I think it's one of those things, too, where you'll find out that a lot of those players that do make it, that do get a career, even when it's not with Chelsea, they have an attitude like that because they're realistic about their, their skill and the expectations that are put upon them, and you know, I'm so even even those players that are in League Two in England. Yeah. I mean, those guys are athletes. I mean, they are. If they came over here to America and you saw them playing out there, like on a college pitch or something, you'd be like, "This guy should be in the Premier League." You know, they would they would stand out so much. And I think that that's. I mean, you got to understand that Chelsea is you know, we're a top club in the world, and to break into the squad and be a consistent player in the squad, you need to be world class. And I kind of, I kind of like comparing it to American sports, just because I know a lot of people, at least CIA members, you know, were most likely more familiar with American sports beforehand. And I always think of it as like you think of a college basketball player, and yeah. there's thousands of college basketball players, and you watch some of them play, and you go and you're like, this guy's unreal. He just scored twenty points. He's Wow, this guy's gonna should go to the NBA, and either they don't go to the NBA because they don't have some small things, or they go and they don't have that great of a career because you need to be elite, not just really good. I mean, you need to exactly. be elite. And I mean, look at the number. You know, I mean, we talked about it. I've talked about it with youth players before, and and I said, okay, look around you. How many guys do you know that you used to play football with? Don't aren't at your level, and they go. God bet there's hundreds. And I said exactly. And I said there are thousands and thousands and thousands of kids playing football. And out of that, each year, we're gonna hopefully find thirty guys to play in the EPL. Because let's face it, that's it. Yeah. Thirty guys each year to play in the EPL. Thirty out of hundreds of thousands. What are the chances? And if you break it down to, even if, or you expand it to just the Premier League teams, that's only 600 players. 600 people in the world get to play in the Premier League each year. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I know. I mean, I, I do want to see you. Not even that many because we can't have a roster of 30. Yeah. Or, you know, but I, I, I take it back. Your number's pretty close. 
you know, but I mean, no, it, it, it is amazing. And how many people retire every year? Oh, about 30, you know, I mean, it, it that's just the way it is. Yeah. You know, and even if you double it and say, okay, 60 still, you know, or even if you say a hundred, a hundred out of a million people, that's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think just, you know, I think we'll see the youth come in, but you know, they've got to prove themselves. And I think, I think Bamford has proved himself a little bit to at least get, you know, you know, get maybe a chance during the summer tour. And let's yeah. face it, we might get to see him this summer. Yeah. And I think, I think if he plays well, he might, I mean, in a way I'd almost like to see him, you know, maybe play the first half of the year with us, get a few games. And if, you know, Mourinho decides he, he needs to. Train him, loan him. Yeah, if, exactly. If if he's not up to the level that they want, loan him out in January. You know, and and give him that little bit more time that he needs. Because when a player's nineteen or twenty or eighteen, whatever, they they still need some time, time yeah. to develop. And and I think I think we'll see it. And I think with I think Mourinho will give some players a chance because. I mean, he does put some youth players on the bench, but if he didn't have a little bit of trust in them, they wouldn't be there at all. Exactly. So let's face it, there are people that are sitting, that are first-team players that aren't on the bench. Exactly. And, you know, obviously they're at the low end of his, you know, list to put people in, but he wouldn't put somebody there that he didn't at least have some faith in to Right, right. To he play. didn't do it just to, to, you know, fill a seat. Yeah, because... If you're going to do that, if he's not going to play at all, you might as well let him sit two rows behind with his street I'll clothes on. I'll tell you on. something I do admire with him as opposed to Scolari and Ancelotti. What's that? And some other managers that we've had. Dominic Solanka sat on the bench on Sunday, and he played for the youth team on Monday. Yeah. And you know what? We've had managers that played, played put Josh McEachern on the bench and then was not allowed to play in an FA Youth Cup game. Yeah, which is a shame. Yeah. <clears throat> so, take that. Yeah. One thing I kind of wanted to ask you back to Saturday's match was just, how was your whole mentality throughout the match? I know for me, I felt a lot more comfortable than I have the past couple weeks because I felt like we were just everything was clicking and yes they had 70% possession but they didn't do anything with it and our just our shape and everything just seemed so I think we played really well I was really happy with the way we played we yeah. stepped up our game Jose was right it's tough to get the guys really motivated to play against you know a lower league you know a lower a lower side that's just the reality yeah um, because so. with a one nil lead, I felt I felt like we had it. You know, I I didn't feel oh my god, what's going to happen? Whereas like you know a game like Hall or something, I just felt like oh my god, we're just gonna something's going to happen. You know, and you know what? I mean, you know, as much as I wanted us to win, I had down and it would be a draw. So here we sit. We've got six games to play, right? We're 10 points ahead of Arsenal. Means, right? Am I doing this right? Yeah, we're, yep. 10 games. Game, which means we only need to get eight points from 
six games. But won the league. But the Arsenal game is really a six pointer. Well, you know what? Um, if we beat Arsenal, even if we draw, if we draw Arsenal, you know, they've got to win. We don't have to. Man, yeah. you needed to win. They didn't. Yep. That's just a reality. Yeah. But I don't want Jose Mourinho to, to lose to. No. A man with candy in his pockets. Well, too bad he can't even get to that candy because he can't open the zipper on his pocket. Yeah, him and Harry. Him and Harry, I tell you. <laughs> so. No, I, I think I think this weekend will be, like you said, I think that was kind of the team's mentality with, with United. They, okay, you got to score. Prove it to us that you're going to score against us. And I think that can throw a team off because if you're United or Arsenal and you're like, we need to win this, you know, and you you just know you got to score and, you know, you kind of have that nervousness. If you don't get a goal in the first 30 minutes, you're like, okay, time's kind of running out on us here. We got to do something special. And it's when players try to do something a little over the top that we just seem to just, we just are so good at capitalizing on on those other teams' mistakes and, and we build up nice and quick. And, you know, I, I think... There's been obviously you see the criticism of oh boring Chelsea they all they do is part to, I mean it, it, it I thought I thought Saturday's match was extremely exciting to watch because it was I mean we had the ball and when we did have the ball we were attacking you know United I I remember I said a couple times to people in the pub all they keep doing is passing it back to the keeper because we were just pressing them and they would just pass back and they would pass it you know and. <coughs> I think that they kind of felt that pressure because, you know, the other teams are the ones with the pressure. We don't really have much pressure pressure on us because everybody else needs to win. We don't need to win. <laughs> nope. So, now I was nervous, but not quite as undone as I, I have been in the past. Yeah. So, And who knows, maybe we'll see some of those youth players come in if we... Uh, Wrap the league up in the next two to three matches. I don't know. Maybe they're done. They're pretty much done. Yeah. And uh, can't some of the the players from the championship come back once their season is over? You know what? I don't know that. I don't know because I think the championship. Well, it will end earlier because they'll have they have their whole playoff system. You know. Yeah. Well, that and that that ends about the same time we do. So. Okay. But I didn't know. If, so, here, I'm, I'm trying to look up the uh, bring up the. And I'm trying to populate the picks for this week. Since you didn't pick for last week. No, I picked. I I sent him into uh to Eddie. Well, he didn't give him. He didn't. He hasn't populated them, so you okay. need to you need to get on Eddie. Well, they're they're in there somewhere. Well, you need to talk. You need to tell him. Okay. He didn't. He didn't put him in the list. Okay. The only person. The only people I've got for April fourteenth is me and Eddie. Okay. Unless those were those were your picks that he put on Twitter, but they might have been. So I'm looking at the championship right now. 
just that Middlesbrough schedule. And their last match is Saturday the 2nd of May. Yeah, but if Borough gets, um, they're not guaranteed going up if they have to play in, in the knockouts. Yeah. Right now they're level on points with Bournemouth, but obviously then they're behind on goal difference by 15, so they can't, they won't make that up. But it'd be interesting to just, I don't know how that works. I wonder if, I was just thinking about Bamford. If he, uh, you know, if they their season was finished before ours is, is his loan? I mean, his loan would be up. So obviously, he's still ours. I wonder if he would be able to play. I don't know. So. Okay. Well, do you want to do picks? Do you want to do CIA news? What do you want to do next, buddy? Um. Well, I guess we have a little bit of CIA news, right? We got a lot of CIA news. Yeah. So earlier this week, earlier this podcast. Earlier this podcast, we discussed about how important getting True Blue is and Chelsea and America membership. Um, I am hopeful that within the next day or two um, that we will have membership open for CIA. So what that means is bring your smartphones, bring your tablets to the pub, get people signed up. We will announce it as soon as it is open. We're just going through some some last minute stuff um, on the way on the new website, new new server. Um, and I'm hoping that it will be up in a couple of days. Um, so that's big news. Make sure you get your true blue. And if you get your true blue, save your number, make sure you put it on your application. But the biggest news last week, which was announced a week ago today, is that Chelsea are coming over this summer to play in the international champions cup or whatever the hell it's called. Um, so Chelsea will be over. They have not announced the dates nor the venues. So they will announce that a week today on on April 28th. And then we will know where we will be playing, what the dates are, and everything else like that. Will we get tickets? Yes, of course we will. Remember, if you are a Chelsea and America member for this season, you will be able to access tickets from our allocation. Those are the rules that Chelsea gives us. So if you're not a member and you're listening to the podcast, you either better find somebody that is and beg them to buy you a ticket and give them some money, or you're going to have to find a ticket someplace else because you can't buy it. You can't buy it directly from us. You know, if a member will vouch for you, they can buy the ticket for you. That's their privilege, but we are not going to be selling tickets on the open market like we have before because Chelsea just said no way. So there you have it. However, members can buy as many. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.